1: Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, November 23rd, 2016, and I'm your host, Professor X. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of The Flash. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit CW series, casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts, Brittany Garcia,
2: Hey, everybody!
1: And Jeffrey Aruz. Hello! And with that, let's jump into our recap of Season 3, Episode 7, titled Killer Frost, which aired November 22nd. Here's the official synopsis. We pick up right where we left off last episode, with Savitar tossing Barry around like a ragdoll. Savitar races off with Barry, moving at speeds even Barry can't comprehend. Barry's saved by Caitlyn and Sisko because Caitlyn's Killer Frost powers are growing and Sisko apparently can teleport now. While he's still trapped in the cocoon and Joe can't stand doing nothing, so he tries to interrogate one of Alchemy's alchemites. He's interrupted from going all bad cop by Caitlyn, who tricks him into going back to the lab so she can go all bad cop on the guy. In the form of a full-blown Killer Frost. As she's making her escape, she grabs Julian. Sisko, with an assist from HR, manages to track her down and Barry tries to talk her down. Instead, Caitlyn gives Barry the talk down, reminding him of some of his failures and taking advantage of an open comm line to tell Cisco that Barry's kind of responsible for his brother's death. Then she stabs Barry and and she gets away. Cisco wants nothing to do with Barry, so he goes off to look for Caitlyn while Joe and HR pursue another lead. This leads to a Vibe Killer Frost showdown, interrupted by Barry, who makes a hash of things and has to be saved by Vibe. Caitlyn continues to needle Barry even after she's been locked in the pipeline bringing on the Flash's true superpower, Guilt. Iris talks him out of his shame spiral, only to find Joe cutting into Wally's cocoon. Joe's had enough of all this fancy science talk. Wally emerges, but is simultaneously catatonic and vibrating with speed force, so he's gone in seconds. To save Wally, the team needs a biochemist, so Barry sets Killer Frost free, but only if she's willing to kill him. Which she does! Wow. what do you guys think? Wasn't that a surprising end of the series? Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously... Faced with what a bad guy really has to do, allowed Caitlin to regain control. She whips up a drug to help Wally, which Barry administers, apparently solving that little subplot. But there's still that problem of Julian, who was kidnapped by Caitlin and knows that she's Killer Frost. He agrees not to reveal her secret, but only if Barry will quit his job as a CSI. Julian doesn't think Barry can be trusted, and Barry takes the deal. Oh, and it turns out Julian was alchemy all along, working with Volda i mean Savitar—on his evil plan. <gasps> so, what was everyone's initial reaction to a pretty packed, full episode, Jeffrey? Let's start with you.
3: You know, this could have been the mid-season finale. So they packed in so much in this episode, and I was thoroughly entertained. I was on the edge of my seat. I loved absolutely every single storyline the reveal at the end was something that i think we've discussed and we formed ourselves uh, back in our first recording which uh i guess it's vindication validation and all that kind of stuff but uh, it was also very much the writing is on the wall and that kind of thing but uh, overall, I thought it was a good episode. There was like maybe one or two little teeny tiny things that I could pick on that we'll discuss. I'm very satisfied with uh, what I watched, and I loved all the action sequences and the effects and that kind of thing.
2: And Brittany, what were your thoughts? I have to jump on the bandwagon with uh, with Jeff here. Toot- I toot- absolutely.
3: Oh no, that was a tr- that's the hype train. Sorry. Yeah. It's like a chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga, well, chugga, chugga, maybe. Oh, my God. I don't know.
2: Whatever. No, you know what? Train. No matter. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. Uh, this <laughs> Flash episode was probably my favorite. I feel like I could rewatch it over and over, which is probably something you've never heard me say about the Flash. Not that I don't like it. I love the Flash. It's great. But this episode in particular just had everything that I could have ever wanted, and, of course, we're going to get more in-depth into that, but it's definitely something we've all talked about uh, in past episodes regarding Barry and the things he does and how sometimes his the consequences aren't enough or they're not realistic or they're brushed over. And I feel like this episode just gave me everything I ever wanted regarding the main character paying for the things he's done. And Caitlyn Snow, you know... Uh Danielle Panabaker. Oh my god. Amazing. Whoever said that she cannot act, you guys you guys suck. You guys don't know that she freaking she can act the shit out of Killer Frost in this episode. Uh Kevin Smith outdid himself. Just a fantastic episode. Everything's so good and I'm gonna stop talking so we can get into it.
1: (laughs) And I don't know if I, I enjoyed it quite as much as you guys did. I quite liked it. Um for reasons that we'll get into uh, in a moment i'll explain why i wasn't as thrilled about it as i might have been and i don't think it was quite as good as kevin smith's episode uh last season runaway dinosaur but uh oh yes that know, was the one where you uh, were crying oh anyone would cry watching that episode come
0: on not pretty
1: for a thorough recap of the latest no. episode of the flash here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us
0: like us on facebook facebook.com slash the central city chronicle Follow us on Tumblr, TheCentralCityChronicle.tumblr.com Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting Go, Fund, Me dot com slash poppy chula radio are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy radio dot com binge listen to your favorite poppy chula radio programs by visiting poppy radio dot com slash archives you can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through itunes just search for the central city chronicle and subscribe
1: Thanks, announcer. So, before we get into things, let's talk about my only real problem with the episode. This episode to uh, to Kevin Smith, because even though he did it like a very hard episode, what I thought, what I found a bit annoying about this episode, and something I've mentioned before, is the increasingly dark tone of the Flash. I don't want Flash to be Arrow with super speed. I want Flash to be light and sunny and more like Supergirl. And this episode got pretty dark, not in the sense of killing people, but in the sense of you know. Uh, consequences and guilt trips and stuff like that. so what do you guys think? Is the flash going too dark or do you think it's just right?
3: It is going dark uh, they they are gonna have to figure out a way to balance it a little bit more because obviously at least out of everyone, Cisco and Caitlin are much darker since flashpoint than they were pre-flashpoint and they're gonna have to figure out how to balance it a a little bit and i feel this is going way ahead but i feel like uh, without fully discussing it like what happens to caitlin especially towards the end might make that at least a little bit more balanced for her but it's like once they've sort of like fixed what's going on with Caitlin, then they screw everything up with Cisco and um, I feel like our prediction about what is happening in uh, the uh, the the vibe from Cisco like him and Caitlin fighting is what I think I said it so I'll take credit for this um, is that and uh, just to remind listeners it's going to be evil Uh, Cisco, so evil vibe, or if he's going to call himself Reverb or something, fighting good Killer Frost. But hopefully they maybe just call her Frosty or something, so that they don't have the killer in front of it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I feel like he is going to go completely evil. They're going to pull like a willow from uh, Buffy on his ass, because they're taking him into really dark territory. And it's kind of sad, because he was like the the fun, uh, pop-culture-fied, uh, you know, quick quip and that kind of thing, and if you think about it, like, Cisco really hasn't been like that at all since Flashpoint, and, um, you know, it's it's kind of sad, to be quite honest, but okay. I completely understand why, I mean, his brother died, and now, you know... It's, well, it's a right mess. That
1: they're setting him up for that, and uh, or, or for something, you know, him no longer, which would be a shame because I think, you know, most people who like the show, one of the reasons they like it is that character of Cisco Ramon. If they change him, we're losing something. Uh, Brittany, what do you think about the overall tone of the episode?
2: Oh, I loved it. I mean, it's a reason why I like Arrow so much with the dark tones, but it's mostly because. Um, I love that Flash is happy. I love that we can joke around and we have stuff like Cisco and Caitlin and even sometimes HR has some pretty good lines—not overall, but pretty good ones—and I surprisingly liked him this episode, um, for what it's worth. And there's nothing wrong with taking the comedic uh, character and letting him go down a dark path, as long as the the ending is a payoff, the destination's a payoff, and there's no, and people go through some hardships and then they still come out the other way and they're they're stronger, they're better. And that's what I think we're getting with Cisco. I don't know if he's going to actually go down a really really dark path as in like killer vibe, but if he does that'd be really cool, but I really enjoyed this because I talked about how I wasn't a fan of the premiere with Flashpoint because I felt like we really didn't get anything out of it and nobody wanted to know what their Flashpoint lives were or what it was before Flashpoint so they kind of just left it at that and Barry just kind of got a slap on the wrist even though he seemed like he felt really bad but here it all came out everyone ended up finding out what happened to them and what is different and I think that's amazing I was wondering if they were ever going to revisit that that story, that story uh, arc And they did, and it's just, it's great. I, maybe I feel like Jess a little bit. Oh, Jess, I miss you. Um, that she likes, uh, Barry all sad and crying, but this is, this episode was Barry the ragdoll. Everybody was all up on him except Iris. Um, but not in a good way. Not in the good way, yeah, but, uh, I really enjoyed, uh, cisco i i really like where he's going and i do think we're still going to get happy cisco i still think it's going to pop up but hit as far as him and barry go it's going to be a tough road but i i want to see it i want to see where this is going to take us and i need barry to be not just sorry i need him to grow up and stop making such drastic selfish uh decisions that's where that's why we are here there's nothing wrong with being selfish, but Barry takes it to a whole new level. And now his best friend's brother is dead. And his other best friend is turning into a killer. And it is his fault. And he can't just say sorry. He needs to not say sorry, but actually be sorry. Like the action of doing stuff for his friends that, you know, to make up for this. I don't know if he can, but at least Cisco did not tell him no we're never gonna be okay he just said i don't know and that's actually a good sign for barry
0: hmm
3: killer vibe now available at your local porn and, store and
2: what would be killer frost then like what's the opposite of killer frost like i'm trying like, to think of like a good person
1: name for that but i can't i mean elsa obviously but you know it's it's dc not marvel they would presumably get in trouble for that um,
3: friendship frost friendship oh.
1: frost
2: What's the opposite of killer? (laughs) Like you give birth or.
3: Birth or frost?
2: (laughs) Rebirth.
1: Ice storm, but even ice storm sounds kind of harsh. Yeah, it's. Ice storm is but
3: that one's. You could be. Because there's storm from X Men, so ice storm. Yeah, ice storm. Frosty storm.
2: Frosty. Frosty
3: the snow girl, girl. (laughs) yeah. Lady frost. I don't know. Lady frost, I like that.
2: Frosty lady?
1: Frosty lady. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I was just almost going into a uh, uh, something that would have to be bleeped out. Anyway, the episode starts out with Ooh. us getting a better look at Savitar who we met last episode, uh, and getting uh, you know a better look at his powers. Uh, what were your reactions when you saw first you know uh, getting our our real glimpse of uh, of Savitar and hearing from him? But uh, more specifically, you know how his powers were portrayed. Brittany, what did you think?
2: That he is the god of speed. I have, I have no idea what the hell we were looking at. And it's only until after they're able to kind of explain why he's doing or he's able to do whatever he's doing. Unless, I don't know if that explanation is true yet or confirmed or legit. Maybe we'll find out in the midseason finale. But it was amazing. It's so good. And I don't know if we get another speedster next season. I don't know how they're going to top this. But uh, the writers haven't failed. They've d- they've done really well as far as introducing a really creepy villain. And this guy is what what's his name? He's like a Decepticon. Like he was.
3: He's just... skinny Megatron.
2: Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, it just it all looks so good. And I don't know where the hell he was taking Barry and. I love when they show us like uh, what Barry sees and then what everyone else sees. And I'm just kinda like, my eyes too are going everywhere, and I'm like, where is he? What is he doing? Oh my god, there's a light there. Like it's just it's so thrilling and it's awesome. And I'm wondering how the hell they're gonna fight this guy. I mean, they kind of said it already that maybe, you know, 3v1 we can do it, and it kind of works, but this guy, I feel like he's not showing everything that he can do. And with that in mind, that's even scarier. Since we can't even see what he can do of a little bit of his pot with a little bit of his power. Like, oh just so good. Savitar is really impressing me with such a strong end for last episode and then just kicking off where we left off just so good.
1: Jeffrey, what are your thoughts about
3: Savitar? I like Savitar. I like the concept of Savitar, the the god of motion as they're calling him and that kind of thing Uh, i like that he's very powerful i don't like that it's another speedster but i mean what can you do at least this is like the god of the speedsters (laughs) i guess maybe but um the, the one one of like the little tiny things that i want to nitpick about the episode is the fact that Again, we have a speedster that, like, flashes Barry all over town, beats him up, and that kind of thing. I-, I thought that was kind of repetitive. Although, it was nice, like Brittany said, to, like, see inside of the speed force with Savitar, because it was considerably different than what we've seen before with, um, I guess, just uh, regular, non-godlike Speedsters and that kind of thing. So that was interesting. But when, as he was like, you know, rushing him through town, I was like, "Really, Zoom? Wanna be like?" It, it just, I found it, I found that element a little bit dumb. But unlike the Zoom uh, uh, confrontation and that kind of thing, he did have backup, which was nice. And and so, so that ended things a little differently. Something that I found fascinating because i usually have closed captions on because uh, sometimes you know sometimes you miss stuff cuz like a lot of these shows end up putting uh, the um, the background music like really loud sometimes and uh, something that i noticed was when he was talking to the flash and he was like you know being all braggadocious about himself you know basically he was doing a spoken word version of like those disney princess you know songs where they tell you like who they are and like what they want and their goals through the movie um he was like i am the future flash and i was like you could take that in two ways like you could take it like he is the future flash you know with a comma or he is the future flash and i was like that would be interesting if they go that route in the sense that what if this is Barry from the future, like something happens to him and he gets all, you know, consumed by the speed force or something and turns into this weird entity. I don't know if they're going to go that route, but I just thought like the wording of that was weird. Like, I am the future, Flash. And he didn't pause. Well, and one other
1: thing, you know, the argument, you know, what uh, Alchemy's motivations are. We found out at the end of last episode, and it was certainly reinforced in this episode, the idea that Alchemy is really, you know, just a lackey for Savitar. He's doing yeah. Savitar's bidding. And if you're going to accept the he idea just has of, a mask of a, uh, a future Flash, perhaps a future Barry, you know, coming back to change things, perhaps, you know, this could be a future Barry who, you know, so bothered by what he did to people during Flashpoint is trying to recreate it by, you know, giving people the powers back they lost that might be an interesting uh take and it is reflected on something that's been happening over the past year year and a half in the flash comics where that same thing has happened barry in the future decides to go back in time and uh try to right all of his wrongs and uh and end by killing himself before he can become the flash that in the future really screws stuff up so there's an interesting again like not that we're saying things are really down but wow what a downer we're off on uh and speaking of downs uh, Caitlyn got to use her powers, and Vibes now a teleporter. But I really did like the fact that they threw in that line about you know don't do it again. Uh, you know, so this is not going to be something that he's doing every day because you know last week we saw him being a precog, this week we see him being a uh, a teleporter. Uh, I'm just a little uh, bothered by him having you know convenient powers of the week. Uh, what did you think about how quickly Vive and Killer Frost were able to take Sabatar down? Do you think that diminished him as a threat at all, Jeffrey? Let's start with you.
3: I don't think it diminished him as a threat because he, like, instantly got out of uh, the icy cocoon. But uh, I did like that they were able to help because obviously Barry was in trouble and uh, he needed some sort of backup. And uh, I like that they were able to appear out of nowhere and uh, rescue him at least in that moment. Uh, And, uh, I mean, it was a temporary fix because I I think Savitar was, like, literally in that icy cocoon for, like, maybe all of five seconds before he burst out and, uh, I don't know, maybe went to go to, like, Big Belly Burger or something to get, (laughs) uh, you know, some hot cocoa to warm himself up. No, no, I mean uh, jitters to get some, like, hot cocoa to warm himself up.
1: It also raises some questions about the nature of Savitar's power because I'd assumed last episode that he was just zipping around so fast that no one very could see him but in this episode we have him you know standing still essentially holding Barry uh we have him you know encased in ice and he's still not visible to anyone except Barry which you know is is curious uh are you sure they
3: couldn't see him they Uh, couldn't see the ice sculpture
1: they could see the ice that was casing it but they couldn't see him still yeah uh Brittany what did you think about uh Savitar and his powers
2: I have no idea what the hell is in store for us, but I do know that Savitar is... I don't think he's trying to kill Barry. Because if we're going to go with the theory that he's a future Barry, I don't think he would kill himself. I don't know. I don't think he can defy the timeline like that and abuse time. Especially if we're barely getting Barry like to face the consequences of his actions for Flashpoint. So... What I for me I think Savitar is like he's not from this, not from the Earth, but I don't know like he's he's from somewhere else. That's what I think is going on here, it, cause it seemed like um he seemed like a ghost, you know, like he's not he's not able to uh to be in our timeline or in our world for so long, and he just kind of passes through. And I feel like he needs some. He needs some way to get him on this earth because otherwise why does he have a cult of creepy people like worshipping him as a god you know it's kind of like they're trying to do you guys get what I'm saying they're trying to um, like do some kind of ritual or something to make him come on this earth that's like my theory. If you guys get what I'm saying. And because oh, I'm taking a, a world like I'm taking a, some, a religion class in college right now. And I'm like, what if this is some kind of cult? Because we said that, right? That they gave us the vibe of the creepy choirs and the people in robes. And they're all in a circle and alchemy's like summoning all these meta humans or these humans to get their previous lives from the from Flashpoint. And maybe they're not done yet because they said something about cis, uh, six hus. I can't say that word. Hus. Anyway, um, apparently yes. there's like six metas or something that they're looking for, and I think they've only found four or something, and maybe they need like all six or something, and to sacrifice them, and then that's how Savitar is able to come to this Earth or something. Like, you guys get what I'm saying, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. The uh, that you know, um, the question is, you know, whether they're creating the human you know, to attack the Flash or as a distraction to something larger, or is it, as you suggest, you know, some sort of you know, uh, goal to recreate certain metas for some specific reason? Uh, which is, I guess, something we'll find out in the coming episodes. Yeah. Uh, Joe tries to interrogate one of the alchemites, only to be interrupted by Caitlin, who steps in uh, and basically says, Joe, uh, while he's out of the cocoon, you should head right back to Star Labs. No, I'll be right behind you. She then blocks the door, comes in. Were any of you surprised by that at all? Brittany?
2: Uh, no. Not really. I mean... Well... Nah. (laughs) Not at all. I feel like it's very, uh... In her character. In my opinion. Um, Is it in
1: Caitlyn's character? Or is it in someone
2: else's character? Ooh. 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 That's good. Nah, it's in Caitlyn. I think, uh... Killer Frost... The persona of Killer Frost, I think it's, like, an enhanced version of Caitlyn if she were evil. Like, that's it. It incorporates everything that Caitlyn has, but it amplifies it. So, like, the inner darkness that she has is, like, Killer Frost, if you get what I'm saying. I'm not saying that she's, like, hiding all this evilness inside her. I'm just saying it's a part of her. But These powers, which we were talking about, too. Like, why... Why is Caitlyn so scared of becoming Killer Frost? Because she's good. She can just use her powers for good. They kind of gave us um, an explanation for that in this episode. I think that the powers are making her evil, and I don't know how that even works, but that's what I'm assuming it is. That the that these powers are like messing with her mind. It kind of reminds me of Doc Ock from um, the second Spider-Man movie, where the his his tentacle thingies were. Uh, evil or they were putting thoughts in his head and he ended up becoming evil as well and he had to separate himself from them so i kind of that's the kind of feeling i'm getting from this and yes i think it is very caitlin especially since last episode she uh she didn't want to tell anybody about her powers like she doesn't like asking for help so a thing definitely
1: Although in the subsequent scene where she's doing the interrogation, and, and as we see throughout the episode, uh, the more she's using her powers, you know, yes. as she becomes more powerful, uh, the more she changes—not just her personality, but even her very voice, and you know, most notably her mm-hmm. eyes. Um, do you think it, it? Do you think it's just a matter of—is this, you know, some hidden part of her natural personality? Are the powers making her
2: evil? Is it something else? I think. Uh... I think the powers are making her evil. I'm not sure in w- in what way. Like I don't know what tests they could run to uh, to identify that and confirm that that's what it is. But that's what they're making it seem like. And I think I'm gonna go with it because we've always talked about everybody getting their powers and use them for good. Like it's even a Supergirl thing that they had uh, with this week's episode as well. You know, you have power or last week's episode. I'm sorry, you have powers. Use them for good. But here it's kind of like Caitlin's fighting with herself about, with the, with the powers, and I don't know why. I don't know how her powers are turning her evil, but they are. I, I don't know. I'm okay with it, though, because I'm cold-hearted as well, so I'm totally Caitlyn, but I think we should give a lot of props to uh, to Danielle because she was able to turn it on and turn it off with Killer Frost, and I think we got a lot of build-up this episode of her just, turning evil and i was just so surprised when uh, joe and and i was also sad too i was like oh wow all already out of the, out of his uh, cocoon oh wow that that was really fast but it felt very flush and then yeah so we just knew something was wrong with caitlin and her wanting to kill people or hurt them was also felt really strange to me so that was definitely not a part of caitlin that was definitely killer frost just like giving us a taste of like What's to come and who she is. Uh,
1: Jeffrey, what did you think um, uh, about the portrayal of Killer Frost? Uh, you know, how distinct is she from Caitlin? do you think?
0: Uh,
3: see, that was something I was like toying with throughout the episode. Like, is it like an evil persona? Is it just Caitlyn enhanced, but not in the good way? I, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like that scene that, uh, we're discussing, um, is, uh, like, Killer Frost was, like, taking over Caitlyn. Like, I don't feel like she was, was doing that, in my opinion.
2: Ooh. You made, me made something pop up in my head. Like, what if it's, like, a, a split personality thing? I feel like it's thing that we're all dealing with. Kind of, like Jenta had a split personality Later on, I'll get into the third one, but what if that's what's going on with, with Caitlyn as well? It's like a split personality thing.
1: Well, my, my only reluctance to that is because they did that. Um, yeah, uh, no, I don't uh, think it's, it's split
3: personality.
1: So, um, it could be, you know, something that's inborn to her. Another thing I'm thinking about is that, you know, there was another Killer Frost on another Earth could be that personality is still out there somewhere and perhaps one of the things alchemy does is you know uh grasp not just the powers from one reality onto another but perhaps the personalities uh, yeah. in the same way that the rival you know when you know he when he remembered who he was you know it completely changed his personality so it's possible that you know this is you know really more a killer frost than a uh a uh, caitlin that we're dealing with Or
3: it could just be sort of like the chemical imbalance, in a sense, because she's getting all these powers and she hasn't been trained well. Like, maybe it's just like the means in which she's getting these powers is like just screwing her up mentally, in a sense. Maybe. I don't know. I'm reaching there, I guess.
2: I don't know. That was just just some theories that since we're talking about it, just some theories popping up and uh i'll talk about it later when we get into the the twist uh from the end of the episode
3: twist and shout Mm -hmm.
1: although it's appropriate that we're spending so much time talking about caitlin because this was really caitlin's Mm -hmm. episode uh like often we talk about you know if it's not a Barry episode it's like two people have to share the episode but in this one you know it, it was almost entirely uh caitlin's uh episode yep um, uh, speaking of Caitlyn, um, and one of the minor characters who shared screen time with her. So Caitlin, uh, after she escapes, she just happens running to Julian in the hall. Uh, she grabs him and uh, takes him away. No, um, oh, but did everyone notice the uh, name of the frozen food plant that he took her, that she took him to? Oh no, what was it? Oh, it was a little uh, Easter egg that uh, Kevin Smith put in there. It looks like it's, um, oh, a uh, name in Chinese, but if you read it out loud, it says, Let it-. um, So, uh, Caitlin, uh, you know, uh, is trying to find other acolytes. And because of the acolyte talking to her uh, in the interrogation room, she's heard the name Savitar, and she heard the name Savitar uh, from Barry. So she instructs Julian to come up with an algorithm that will find anyone who has searched for the word Savitar. And there's a brief moment of reaction, or was there, from Julian. What did you guys think, not with what we now know, but uh, what was your thinking about how he reacted when she told him to search for that particular word? Jeffrey?
3: personally, I didn't see a reaction, and I was, like, looking for one, maybe because I was looking too hard for a reaction, that's why I I didn't see the reaction, I might have to go and rewatch it to see if there was an actual reaction, I thought it was weird that she kidnapped him, like, to use the Google, like, girl, you can't do that yourself, like, because it was just, it was, like, weird how she was asking him, but, but then, like, when she started talking about algorithm, and then I was, like, thinking, um... Uh, aren't you, like, kind of techish a little bit? You know, we've seen you do stuff before. Haven't you picked stuff up with Cisco? It was just, it was a little odd, uh, in, in my opinion. That, like, I don't know. It, it just seemed like, like, why did you pick him? I mean, besides, you know, I guess the complications that it led to, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brittany, what were your thoughts? Was there anything, uh, hidden there behind uh, Julian's eyes or. Uh, or were we all just looking for it too much?
2: No, nah, I think there was something there. Something.
3: There was something there, there was that some... wasn't there before. Exactly.
2: But it was... I At that point, before knowing what happens later, I feel like the writers were throwing these all in our faces about Julian. And I always, I'm always that fan that's like, No way, that's too obvious. It can't be this person. But after watching Scream, the TV series, for two seasons i think i'm just gonna like follow the writers if they're making it obvious that it's somebody i'm just gonna go with them and be like yeah it's them because it ends up being them so to me this was just them throwing a red herring but it really wasn't because apparently we know more and i think her choosing julian's fine i think caitlin handles the scientist stuff the bio stuff and The engineer and computer tech is more for Cisco. And I think this is why we're conflicted with Killer Frost and Caitlyn. Because she's not trying to hurt people just to hurt them. She is threatening them though. But she's doing it because she wants to find alchemy so he can take away her powers. And if that doesn't say that that's Caitlyn. Then I don't know what does. Because Killer Frost wouldn't want her powers to go away. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, valid point. And, uh, you know, certainly the, um, uh, you know, that, that does give her, you know, a, a very clear character motivation, even, there's really nothing to back it up, the idea that he can take the powers away as well as give them. Um, so Cisco manages to track down, um, uh, Caitlin and Julian. Uh, Barry arrives, Julian is a real wiener, so Barry just punches him out. Um,
3: well, there you exactly. go. I love that technical term. Yeah.
1: Wiener, Wiener or punched him up.
3: Both. Why not?
1: Um. What was your reaction to uh, to that scene?
2: Funny. Spectacular. <laughs> funny. The punching out was that's... amazing.
3: I think we all wanted to yeah, do it. Yeah, that's
2: true. It, it felt like when Hermione punched Draco Malfoy, so that was pretty good.
3: It was like a super speed punch. I know, that was fantastic. Was like,
2: he was just like, get
3: Talking about rag dolls, like he fell down like a rag doll,
2: rag doll I was what dog. I that was. It was great. Uh,
1: and then, uh, you know, uh, Killer Frost decides to uh, attack Barry where it hurts, not by stabbing him with an icicle, but by basically listing his failures and why he's been such a screw up, uh, while the rest of the team is watching. Um, what did you think about that? Did, I mean, it, it, obviously we're dealing with someone who's willing to kill or someone who's, you know, willing to use superpowers, but man, that felt a little below the belt, even for a supervillain to, uh, to go doing that. What were your reactions when Caitlin was doing that? Brittany?
2: I don't know why, but I was clapping. I was like, Ooh, Ooh, you know, like when you're in, um, like a rap battle or something, but the other person just can't come up with anything. Cause yours are so good. Um, Caitlyn or Killer Frost, I don't know how we're going to distinguish that or if we're going to for now, but I guess we I guess I will. But she was just it's not like anything she said wasn't true. It was all true, but it was just. It was so unfortunate that everybody was listening, and it was a low blow, but it was all true. If if it was all lies, I'd be like, damn, that's bad, but no. I think that's why it hurt the most, because it was true. And to hear your friend or best friend say stuff like that, like... I think that's worse than when Zoom, like, dangled his body all over the the, the city. This just hurt a lot more, and it was just so personal, too, but she wasn't wrong and I, and like I said this is one of the parts where I enjoyed it I was like you know what Barry you're awesome you're adorable you're cute you're charming but you make a lot of mistakes and you're never, you never you're never able to, eh, you're never able to really uh, you know own up to it or face it you know he's lucky his friends didn't want to hear it but now this is how they hear it and it's bad but it was enjoyable to watch
1: uh, Jeffrey, what do you think about uh, Killer Frost attacking Barry where he's most vulnerable?
3: I agree with elements of what Brittany said. I feel like Barry does need like some truth telling, and especially with what he did and in, in Flashpoint, like he needed someone. To, you know, like, read him the riot act and all that kind of stuff. My problem with it is because she wasn't coming from oh like, a means of, like, trying to help the situation. She was coming in, in a way to, like, try to escalate the situation. And to make things ridiculously worse for Barry. And, you know, I feel like... Caitlin obviously would not have done that. That was like the killer frost taken over, and because of that being done, uh, I mean, there are obviously ramifications that end up happening because everyone hears what she says, and uh, you know, and I don't, I'm like trying to remember like when did Barry tell her that Dante was alive, and and how does Cisco not know that? Like I, I don't know. Like that part confused me for a moment. Yeah,
1: I didn't. I, I didn't remember it either. But I just sort of accepted it uh, in the moment. Uh, no, yeah, no, I think, and I think you know, Brittany had a good point, which is you know, the reason it hurt so much was that it was true, and it was obviously something that you know, Caitlyn herself knew. It might not have been something that the Caitlyn uh, that we know would have said out loud, but the fact that you know, Caitlyn slash Killer Frost was able to access it so quickly, you know, was an indication that hey, you know what, this is what she's thinking, and. You know, um, if you were looking for you know uh, a way to bring down the Flash, the best way to do that is by attacking his friends and uh, and causing him to to lose that that relation those relationships, which are obviously so important to him. Um, so anyway, this leads to uh, obvious uh, you know conflict uh, in the team. Cisco uh, storms off to search for Caitlin on his own. Uh, Joe and HR storm off slowly after stopping to Bruce and cappuccinos uh, to yes. uh, find Caitlin. He loves on coffee. And that led to, you know, a really interesting little scene between Joe and H.R. They're sitting in the van doing the stakeout. And it starts out very lighthearted, you know, the sort of banter that we expect from them. But then we got a very interesting uh, point from H.R., who, let's face it, you know, does not know Barry as well as anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, Is still seeing him with fresh eyes, uh, you know, and says that really his superpower is his hope, his bottomless capacity for hope. What do you guys think of that scene, Jeffrey?
3: I really like that, because I feel like, and this is like an old saying which I don't remember the exact words for, but it's like, you know, it, like, strangers can, like, see, like, the true essence of you, I feel like, they aren't sort of, like, jaded by, you know, all the, all your quirks and, and whatnot, like you know there are a lot of people out there that that will like tell their deepest darkest truths to strangers instead of like telling it to their to their friends so because you know there's like no judgment and so like hr is like coming into the situation with like no judgment so almost like his assessment of everything is is almost like the the reality of what's going on it's like the reality in its true essence because he doesn't have these feelings to these people for these people he doesn't have the feelings for the people for for them at this moment so his sort of just observances and stuff like that of the entire team like he like has boiled down barry to his essence and i feel like his um like what he said you know that that barry you know his superpower is hope i'm like you know what that's Probably the the wisest thing that anyone said on this show because he doesn't know these characters, so he isn't really um, swayed by their personalities. He's just like coming into the situation fresh and he's like cutting down to the chase and he's like that this that's what Barry is about. so i I kind of like that talk. and uh, I liked that he did it with Joe. I feel like Joe is usually like, the worry wart. Like, the one that is, like, worried about everybody and his family and, like, what they're doing and, and why they're involved and, uh, you know, don't get too involved and don't want superpowers, you know, just leave it to Barry and Barry can handle it, but oh no, you know, can Barry handle it and that kind of thing. So I feel like he, out of everyone, like, needed that conversation the most.
1: Brittany, what do you think about the conversation? It's
2: actually one of the things I really, really liked involving uh, HR this entire season. Um, He's still not my favorite character. I don't care for him. I miss Earth 2 Wells for a lot of reasons. And I feel like HR is just kind of there. And I wouldn't even say, like, for a comedic purpose. Because the way he operates is just really weird. And I feel like he hasn't... And annoying. And he hasn't really build connections or bonds or relationship with everybody. Although I understand why he's weird, but they still haven't given us any moments that, you know, how we went from kind of, you know, being suspicious of earth two wells to absolutely loving him and being so sad when him and Jesse leave or left last season. And then they left again at the beginning of this season. So um, like him and, and Cisco He went from Crisco to, you know, Cisco, you know, like, it just, oh no, from Crisco to Ramon to Cisco, you know, like, it just, it made sense, and here they finally gave HR a scene and some dialogue where he, where he's, like, brought down to earth, like, he feels really human and that he's not just observing, or that he's using his uh, observation skills for assessment, and it's just, it, he, he, he was right. And I do think Joe needed that because I feel like we haven't had anyone around Joe's age to really talk to him about this and to um, give him some, I guess, some comfort in his own abilities. Because Joe, throughout that conversation, is talking about how he always trusts his gut and he really wished that everyone else would trust him as well. And by trusting him means you trust his gut as well. And I was like, you know what? Joe's completely right. Joe has always been the one that says, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a good idea. And it ends up not being a good idea. However, he ends up doing something that was probably really bad. But after watching the entire episode, I think might have been a really good idea. And it'll tie in with my theory, but props to HR. They gave him something to do this episode and it didn't feel cheap. It felt... Real. It felt right.
1: Well, we'll get to that uh, and your prediction uh, shortly. But before we get there, let's just follow along the chronology of the episode. Uh, Caitlin confronts one of the alchemists, uh, the acolytes, uh, only to be told that Savitar has special plans for Killer Frost—that she will, you know, mm-hmm. rule in glory or something like that. Uh, what did you guys think of that little reveal? That you know, they're that you know, this that the acolytes are being shown the future. And that killer frost has a part to play in that jeffrey
3: that was interesting Uh, it it was uh surprising to be quite honest to hear because like i don't know it's just I, i really don't know what to expect from alchemy and savitar Especially after hearing Savitar talk throughout the episode, as as far as like what he wants to do, or at least to tease what he wants to do. So I thought it was really interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing what it means.
1: Well, if we wanted to follow up on your idea that uh, you know Sabatar is you know a flash from the future, is it so inconceivable that uh, Killer Frost is there with him?
3: Exactly. A- and is she bad? Uh, like all he said was that she's really powerful. So is that a bad thing? Like, obviously, Caitlyn is spiraling at that moment. So she's like thinking, oh, no, you know, I'm going to be like Zoom's minion or something like that. But maybe she's really powerful in a good way. Brittany,
1: what do you think about the uh, Acolytes reveal?
2: Oh, I'm super excited. There's nothing better than having the writers tease something and then there's like many possibilities to come from that tease but I think I'm just excited overall of just that sentence in particular that he has big plans for you. I love it. It me it not only are we getting Caitlyn struggling with her powers, struggling to become Killer Frost or uh, some kind of meta human if not necessarily Killer Frost but not only that but Savitar wants her. And not to kidnap her or whatever, but like she's in a way she's gonna become part of his army or something or work under him like that's awesome I'm so excited I want to see Caitlyn not be evil but I'm glad they're giving her such a great story arc this season like I've been really disappointed with all her arcs the past two seasons you know they just keep giving her a really well they gave her you know a really good love interest season one then he died and then they gave her. Jay Garrick, or not really Jay Garrick, but yeah, you know, and I was just so like, no, give her something good, and here not only is she, you know, having conflicts within herself, but Savitar wants her, it's like, oh, it's so good, and it, but it's also so bad for her to know that, because now she, now she's, like, in more trouble, it's like, I not only do I have to worry about becoming Killer Frost, but I have to worry about becoming Killer Frost and working for Savitar, So, it's
1: just, it's awesome. About the only thing that really bugged me about, uh, you know, uh, Caitlin's development as Killer Frost in this episode was how quickly she developed new powers appropriate to a situation. You know, she's basically gone from, you know, freezing things with a touch to projecting ice to hurling ice daggers that, you know, are, you know, thrown strong enough to presumably pinion someone or at least sink into a tree uh to breathing you know a uh, heavy fog to you know as we saw you know uh, towards the end of uh of her run as killer frost uh you know a uh, uh a killer cold kiss um well to be quite honest
3: we aren't really sure what kind of power she has because she didn't share any of this information she, with us she,
2: she couldn't either because the more she used her powers the more stronger and the more they were going to take over her. To me, it kind of feels like uh, being a bender in the Avatar world where the more aggressive you are or the more focused you are, the more powerful or precise your, your powers will be. So my guess is at the very beginning when she goes and she uses a bunch of her power on Savitar, that triggered something, in my opinion. And also, like, the last time we saw her use that much power was... When she was by herself and she got frustrated with the computer in that episode when she went to go see her mother and at the very end, she she slams the keyboard and everything just turns to ice because she was frustrated. So I feel like it's a lot of emotion, too, in my opinion.
1: Okay, so uh, once Caitlin has been captured, thanks, let's not get ourselves to vibe, not to bury. Um, she tries to persuade them she's fine. Uh, no, no, everything's fine. You can let me out of here. I just needed a good sleep. And of course they don't fall for it because it turns out they're not that stupid after all. Uh, so she continues to destroy Team Flash uh, from within by destroying their chemistry, uh, causing Barry to go off and mope, only to have Iris help him get his groove back. Uh, what did you guys think about the uh, the Barry Iris scene where Iris is basically, you know, telling him you know he has to believe in himself. He can't keep blaming himself for everything. Jeffrey?
3: I agree with that. I feel like Iris is becoming his moral compass, especially now that they're all booed up, which is very cute. And I like her, like being in his corner, being his champion, and that kind of thing because he needs somebody like that. And I, I thought their scene was cute. I, I mean, it- it's kind of like the thing a, a girlfriend uh, like has to. Say to be quite honest, you know she, she's got to be there, reassure her man, and, and that kind of thing, especially after he took a literal and uh, a literal beat down earlier in the episode, and then like a verbal beat down from uh, Lady Frost. So uh, I thought the scene was
1: appropriate. Brittany, what do you think of the scene?
2: I thought it was fine. I thought it was a um, a really good talk for Barry. I mean, obviously, I this entire episode, I was definitely Team Killer Frost, Team Caitlyn, Team Cisco, with the beat down on the verbal beat down on Barry. Um, so I understood why they had to bring in Iris to reassure him. But even if I didn't think he should deserve or deserved a cheer up, I do think that she made a lot of sense. It wasn't about the cheering up, but it was about saying, "Look, it happened." And we need to fix it we need to find a way not to move past it but to rebuild the friendships that are broken and that you know you are a sense of hope and i think that was like a theme that we were trying to get into this episode that it's not about barry's powers it's about what he brings emotionally and um it is hope and it is Trying to keep the group together. I mean that's what he tried to do. In the premiere for season Mm 3. When all his friends weren't a team. But somehow he ended up bringing them together. So even though. He's breaking the team right now. Because of what he's done. And it's barely coming uh, into. Well it's barely happening. It's barely occurring. That doesn't mean that he can't fix it. But that it's not going to be an easy fix. It's going to take some time. And I'm, and I think Iris was the right person to say that because she's the one that's not really involved. Her life wasn't really messed up in Flashpoint. She's fine, she's okay. She's able to see what's going on, and she understands that Barry needs some cheer and, and and you know, it it makes sense too because Joe couldn't give that to him either. Joe was dealing with his own stuff, so it was great scene for Iris and Barry. Chemistry was right. They 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 do. Make a really great couple And I think this is uh, One of Iris' strong suits
1: uh, Unfortunately their tender moment Is broken up by uh, You know mm-hmm. the realization That uh, Joe has gotten hold Of some power tools uh, And is cutting the cocoon open uh, What did you guys think About that decision Do you think it it felt In <laughs> character for Joe Jeffrey
3: Oh, gosh, this was probably another piece where I nitpicked. There wasn't a lot to nitpick in this episode, but I was like, really, dude? Like, you have no idea what the hell is going on in there. And, like, you just want to bust him out because you think he's going to be some evil supervillain? Like, didn't Barry tell you exactly what he was going to be? So, why are you stressing out? out like I don't know it's like how are you going to like burst a butterfly out of the cocoon early like what if you're gonna get like a weird half caterpillar or like a butter pillar like that just doesn't sound cute like it was just it was so odd like that they just wanted to advance everything because oh my god he's gonna be evil oh my god
1: well, Calm down, was, man.
3: Like, maybe he had too also, many cappuccinos. Maybe, I like, I can blame the cappuccinos. Well, no, we
1: thought he wasn't drinking the cappuccinos. It was uh, HR that was drinking the cappuccinos. Joe uh, yeah. declined. Well, uh, it, it felt to me like more of this sense that in Flash this season, there's this presumption that powers make you evil. Uh, you know, Julian said it. Uh, Caitlin certainly believes it to be true. Joe seems to worry that, you know, the longer he leaves uh, Wally in that uh, cocoon, the, the more evil he's going to become. Uh, it's almost like, you know, a a running sub-theme of the series is that, you know, uh, it, it's not that we have a decision about what we do when we get powers, it's that you get powers, you turn evil. Uh, Brittany, what do you think about uh, Joe's decision?
2: I think uh, he totally, with what he does here, like, erases all the good things I just said about him in that uh, conversation with HR in the car. I praised him for saying... For calling everyone out... You know... Even though they weren't there to hear it... That they don't trust his gut... That they don't trust him... And usually he's pretty right on that stuff... I think Barry's always been the type... Like, don't worry... It's gonna be okay... It's gonna... You know... We're, it's gonna work out... And it's like... What happens when it doesn't? Like, I know it's the Flash... But what happens when it doesn't? And one of these moments happened... Last episode... Where... Wally was dumb... But maybe... You know, it was a it was higher than him wanting to just get the powers. Maybe that's that stone was calling to him. It was like that type of thing that's just uh, it's luring you into the darkness, and you're you're not resisting the call. You're just going. So while he touches it, he gets into the cocoon, and you know, I under I completely understand why Joe is freaking out here. And one of the things he said was from last episode was it's not about the powers like getting them like Barry it's about the way you're getting your powers this doesn't apply to Caitlyn because Caitlyn is not getting her powers because of alchemy she's getting them because of what happened in flashpoint um that they're increasing so but for Wally he's getting them from alchemy he's getting them through the power of a satanic cult or savatars cult so he's freaking out that these things are going to change him and he makes like the worst decision ever to open him up, and it's just, but I guess it's coming from fear, but also as a father, I think uh, it just, if 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 it had been Iris, he would have done the same thing. He's just afraid for his son, and he didn't want to wait to see what would happen. And I get it. In a split second, he um, he saved him, and I think, until we get to like the ending of the the this episode and talking, I think he made the right choice even though it seems really bad. But I'll explain myself later why.
1: Um, so, uh, obviously, you know, Wally is liberated from the cocoon uh, uh, and seems completely disoriented and races off. Um, and the team realizes the only way to get him back is with, of course, a biochemist because that's who you turn to in moments like this. Uh, Barry realizes there's really only one uh, biochemist uh, in the pipeline, so he lets Caitlin out. Uh, but basically says that, you know, you're free to go as long as you kill me first. Basically, you know, putting it on the line, forcing Caitlin to realize, you know, what are you willing to do to be free? What are you willing to do to be Killer Frost? Um, and I thought that was kind of a nice, you know, callback to the, uh, the conversation that HR had with Joe earlier that, you know, Barry's true superpower is his hope. And it was his hope that allowed him to trust that, you know, Caitlyn could recover herself uh, and and fight off the uh, killer frost influence, whatever it means. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, of that scene between uh, Barry and uh, uh, and Caitlin? Brittany,
2: I think Barry was channeling his inner Naruto uh, jutsu. He was using Taknojutsu. jutsu. If you guys know what that is, that's great. If you don't, that's okay. It's better that it's better that you don't. But what this means is like in every anime, how do they snap out the, or how do they get the villain to snap out of being evil or a former friend or their friend that's suddenly evil or mind controlled or something? They use the talk no jutsu. They start talking and um, sometimes it's about reminding them of the friendship and what they hold dear or it's forcing them to do something that they would never do. The twist would have been that she would have stabbed him and run away. But here... In very flash fashion, it knocked her out. But it was really good, and I think, I know you guys. I I, I, I am a shipper. I can ship anything. I sense the chemistry there with uh, with Caitlyn and Barry. I think the actors and actresses were just so good there, and it was so tense and it was so real. And a part of me was really hoping she would stab him for you know, because that's just the way I am. But I'm so proud of Caitlin. She got out of it and. It was a bold move on Barry. After all the shit he went through and all the verbal abuse he just got from her, well, verbal truth, um, but he was able to stand there and bring his friend back. That takes a lot for somebody. Like, I don't think I could face anybody who talked to me like that, even if they were true. Um, But Barry did what he had to do, and I think that does resonate with what HR said earlier. Fantastic scene. Really good.
1: Jeffrey, what did you think? I agree I
3: thought it was a very well acted uh, scene Uh, both of them together like worked together so well like they were really powerful in that scene Uh, I did not know where it was gonna go when he was like kill me I mean obviously he wasn't gonna die but uh, I guess you know he, he used friendship and and that kind of stuff to like melt her icy demeanor Very much like, um, Elsa and, and Anna at the end of Frozen. Oh my god. Um, just like that. Without the singing. Um, that'll come (laughs) with the musical crossover. (laughs) But, but I thought it was, it thought it was a sweet scene. And, uh, I, I like that, you know... It was, I don't know, it was just, it was a sweet scene and it was a powerful scene and it worked well and it was a quick fix, but uh, it was a nice quick fix.
1: Well, and the fact that everyone trusts Caitlyn now, basically just because she's wearing wristbands, seems tie to the idea that the assumption is it's the powers that make you evil. That as long as you keep those powers under control, as long as you're not using them, you'll be fine. But, I mean, if that really is part of Caitlin's personality, then it shouldn't matter if she's wearing wristbands or not. And also, she could take them off at any time. It just looks like she's walking around wearing a couple of glowing Fitbits. Um, but anyway, uh, Barry does get through to Caitlin. She, of course, immediately synthesizes the uh, the drug that will make Wally fine. Barry manages to administer it. Uh, and Wally seems to be perfectly fine, but can't help but feel a little jittery about things. Uh, uh, Brittany, do you oh. want to uh, weigh in there about uh, what your theory is?
2: So... One of the things we learned first off in like the second episode of this season was Alchemy's able to give the powers that people had in Flashpoint to our new timeline. The new fixed timeline, or it's not fixed, but a broken timeline. Um, And one of the first thing or the first person he gives the powers to is the rival, which is another speedster. We don't really get to see how he gets his powers back. Like, what does he do? But for Wally, they gave us that he's going to be in some cocoon. And he had to be in there for a long time. So, why did... In my in my head, I'm seeing that the rival didn't get the same treatment. That he wasn't in a cocoon and got his powers. But maybe for Wally, they wanted... They were doing more than giving him his power. In, or the powers of the Flash. It seems like they were prepping him up, and also because when Barry went to go save him with the alchemy and the and the cult there, alchemy tells him he was chosen, Barry. And that sounded to me a little bit more like um, specific than it was just random people that had powers. And Flashpoint are getting it. It seems like there's a specific group of people that are getting these powers. But the way he talked about Wally seemed a lot more. I don't know, urgent. And one of my theories is that... What if they were prepping him... So that... Savitar can kind of possess him. If it, if, it, if it falls into my theory... That Savitar is not from this earth... Or can't be in this earth... And they're trying to summon him. What if they just can't summon him... But they need somebody... Uh, uh, like a human vessel for him to go in. Or something. And that was going to be Wally. So oh, no. So in breaking the cocoon... He's not ready and they were able to fix him to just for him to have his powers and he's okay. Or he can still be a vessel later. I don't know. But that's what I kind of thought. Which is weird. I never get up I never come up with theories for Flash, but that's what but with me in my religion class this year, I'm like I'm all in <laughs> But that's kind of what I'm seeing. I don't know. It's probably far fetched, but that's how I kind of see for Savitar anyway, for right now, but what do you guys... Do you guys Are agree? Boss, do you Jeffrey? think it's interesting?
3: Yeah, Jeffrey. That would be interesting. Uh, an evil uh, Kid Flash would be interesting. I like the character, so I hope they, they don't turn him evil. Uh, or he gets possessed by the God of Motion. Because <laughs> I I'll be like, oh, Wally, you don't have to die. And I don't want him to die. Because so, I like the character, and I want to see him as Kid Flash, you know, helping out the team, that kind of thing. Oh, that's true. Um, I I don't know because I I really don't have any clue or what Savitar is. I like the idea that he's not of this earth, uh, but I also like the idea that maybe he is Barry in the future or something like that and he's trying to do something or maybe he he got consumed by the speed force and so now he's kind of nutsy cuckoo and that kind of thing. Um, I don't know, like... I it, it's the whole bursting him out of the cocoon. I thought it was a neat effect. Um, him like needing to get you know caught up, like his mind and his body, you know, t- to put on the same speed. I thought that was really interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing like if there are any lasting effects um, as far as like since he was uh, burst out of the cocoon too fast. So that'll be interesting to see.
1: Indeed. Um, and of course, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, not thinking about what this might mean for the future, but in thing, in terms of a fairly concrete reveal, at the very end of the episode, uh, we get Savitar calling out to Julian, and we find out that Julian has been alchemy. Surprise! There's a reason they cast Draco Malfoy to play Julian. <laughs> Um, were you at all surprised by the big reveal? And where do you think we go from here, Jeffrey? Uh,
3: well, one final note: since we're on uh, the big twist uh, about Wally, I loved his excitement. Like at, when he was like running the test and all this kind of stuff. He's like, "Oh my god, I'm running fast!" Like I, I just, that, I thought that was awesome. Especially.
1: Well, when I was talking at the beginning of the episode about how you know they they lost their way, that's one of the the senses of wonder that they've lost. Just the sheer exuberant joy. Uh, at what you can do and you know from Wally's point of view yes it's it's partially that it feels that great but also you know it's because he wants to go out there and help people Um, and and as I say I I fear that as they get more dark and into the more you know gothic storylines they lose sight of that you know basic magic of you know I'm a guy who can run really fast
3: and I thought like his excitement was awesome and very contagious so props to Wally being excited that he can run fast Um, as far as uh, uh, Dr. Alchemy I mean, we discussed this, like, in the first episode. So, we've seen this coming. Like, we were trying not to make it be so. Because it was so freaking obvious. And, uh, It was exactly it. Although, like, we were kind of thinking that Alchemy was like this big criminal mastermind. And he seems to be like a reluctant, um... Uh, Person in, in the mix. Like, he's not all like, oh, okay, Sabatar, come on, baby, let's go do some crazy shit. Like, he's like, oh, really, dude? Like, I really don't want to put on that damn mask. It stinks, and that robe is too heavy, and I really don't want to have to deal with you right now. Like, he seems to be a reluctant um, participant in all of this. And I'm not going to lie, like, it felt for like half a moment there as if, like, after Sabatar like saw him face to it, face it was almost like he was almost like in a trance ish so i don't know if if maybe he he might not even remember what he does as dr alchemy i don't know I, i'm curious to see what happens with alchemy and i'm sure we're gonna get some sort of either backstory where we see flashbacks or at least some exposition as far as like why he's Dr. Alchemy you know was he someone that had powers and Flashpoint was he just picked at random for some weird reason uh, does he know that Barry is the Flash like it'll, it'll be interesting to see especially with the twist at the end uh, d- uh, do you want to go into, like, what Julian tells Barry, or are we going to discuss that separately?
1: Oh, well, I was going to skip over that, because we're running kind of long, and I thought we'd just get to uh, the big reveal. But fine, Julian, well, I mentioned that in the, the recap, that Julian tells Barry that, uh, you know, he can't be trusted as a CSI, and uh, in exchange for keeping Caitlin's secret, uh, gets Barry to uh, to quit the police force. See, I thought that
3: was kind of like a, a pissy, like, reason for to, like, make him quit. Like, I get the whole, you know, oh, you don't want me to turn her in, so, you are you know, you're trying to be, like, judge, jury, executioner, that kind of thing. But, like, I don't feel like, you know, just because he can be empathetic, like, I don't feel like that's a bad trait for a CSI like I, I thought his justification for it was like we're, really weird like he should have just stuck to you know oh so basically you know you want to be like the harbinger of like a criminal you know and, and, and she's dangerous and that kind of thing so you know if you're going to be like that then you can't be a CSI but like him like bringing up like you have like this weird feeling about the metas and so that's why you can't be a CSI because you can't think objectively you know you can actually see their side like you don't see them as evil like so that's why you can't be a CSI like i thought that was well and again, weird. and i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what
1: we were saying about you know to what extent is he in control as alchemy uh, i think we're dealing with you know again a situation yeah. where there's you know a another personality being grafted onto him um uh, uh that could be it, true it's just yeah you know, a gut feeling i have that that there's going to be more of this so Brittany, what were your thoughts on the end of the episode yeah Oop.
3: well, well can i just say one mean? last thing um <laughs> Oh gosh, I was just gonna—I was just gonna say it's gonna be so weird because like Barry moved out and he was like gonna find his own place and now he has no job because the dude made him quit and he's moved in with Cisco and like Cisco already has the weird problem with him. It's like where the hell is Barry gonna live and sick, what the hell is he gonna far, do?
1: Or it's going to be awkward.
3: I know, right? No breakfast is gonna fix that. Brittany, go ahead All before I, have to I get say cut for off. That is,
2: don't worry. Jitters is hiring, so he can't work. As...
3: Oh gosh! <laughs> he can't work there. I think everybody has to work at Jitters I, at least once in this off every series. I episode saying, My name is Barry Allen, and I now work at Jitters, or
1: I'm the head manager at Jitters. But um... <laughs> he has to be something exactly. else. My name is Barry Allen,
2: and I am the fastest
1: barista alive.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> Two months ago, I was a barista. Oh my god. Anyway, um, so starting off with the with the
3: Barry. Oh no! Oh Sorry, I just got so starting that. Starting off with
2: the Barry and Julian uh, stuff, I thought uh, Julian was actually he made a lot of sense because he's been saying it since the beginning, and he adds to his argument that Barry's never there. He's sometimes always like disappearing, coming back. Um, the things that we see, we don't mind because we know he's the Flash and he's a good person and he's always trying to help the city but to Julian that doesn't know the whole story it just looks like some guy that doesn't give a shit about his job only sometimes and he has connections to Joe and people like him even though he doesn't really do his job and now for sure that his friend was kind of acting evil and you know gave him what was it frostbite and kidnapped him and threatened him and Barry is defending her that looks like shit that looks terrible. Although I, I I get I get it, you know, Barry's good and stuff, but that just all in Julian's perspective, I get it. But it was also a necessary thing for Barry, because I've been saying it. I was like, Barry, what are you gonna do that shows that you care about your friends other than I'm sorry? And it was quitting his job for his friend to protect his friend. And I'm like, good, good, you're making up you're making up time For Caitlyn, now he needs to try and find a way to rebuild uh, his friendship with Cisco and everything. So that's just, that's going to work out. That's going to be fine. I can't wait to see what Barry's going to do when he feels like he's kind of lost a lot in regards to his job and his friendship with Cisco. So let's see what he does with that. I want to see Barry rise up against this. As far as the Savitar and the... Julian thing, I think, I'm with Professor X, I think that Julian might have, like, a split, either split personality, or Savitar's controlling him, because it seems like he's calling out to him when he's asleep, or resting, or something, and Julian is kind of resisting, because he was like, get out of my head, I don't want to hear you, and, yeah, so, I... I don't know. Just to me, it seemed like Draco Malfoy and Voldemort. Like <laughs> it was just fantastic. I, I now I know why. they they um they hired the actor for this, and I can't remember his name on the top of my head. But um, yeah, that's what it seems like. But I don't know. I still don't know. It's still hazy for me. I'm not sure what they're trying to tell us. But I'm sure we're gonna get more.
1: Well, and I think that might play into your idea about him not necessarily fully manifesting you know, in our reality, that maybe he works most strongly through dreams. Uh, and just for whatever reason, you know, their connection to Speed Force, uh, he was able to interact with uh, with Barry more strongly. Although, now that I think about last episode, he did act interact quite strongly with those police officers he killed. So forget I said anything. Um, well, I think it's about time for spoilers. Do I have any volunteers with spoilers? Bueller?
3: Yes, of Bueller. course. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of The Flash. This is an official spoiler alert.
0: Spoiler alert.
3: Check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com slash Chronicle. Now, I don't have a lot, but uh, what I do have is interesting. So I guess that counts for something. So let's start off with the ratings. The Flash was viewed by 2.95 million total viewers with a 1.1 in the 18-49 to demo. It dipped a little bit. Now, as far as upcoming episodes, obviously the next episode is Invasion Exclamation Point, and we've talked a whole lot about that, we've spoiled a whole lot about that, there's no information about that. But there is some new information on the episode right after that, which is called The Present, that's episode 309, and it airs December 6th. 2016 here's the official synopsis of the episode with alchemy and savitar still looming threats barry is unable to focus on the christmas holiday and Especially his relationship with Iris. Determined to stop Savitar, Barry goes to Earth-3 to get advice from Jay Garrick. Wally wants to help Barry fight Savitar and reveals that he's been training with HR, which doesn't go over well with Barry. As Sisko faces his first Christmas without his brother Dante, old wounds are reopened. So, based on... The description and the christmas holiday i'm going to assume that this is the mid-season finale although that is not confirmed but i'm guessing this is the mid-season finale and i'm going to guess that the majority of the cw series will probably be airing their mid-season finales the week that this episode airs of the flash but i guess we'll get more confirmation on that next week Uh, Another bit of news, which uh, is sort of old now based on the episode that aired, but is still interesting nonetheless, but actor Greg Grunberg is going to be recurring on The Flash. He made his debut last night as Detective Tom Patterson who uh, is described as a gruff, stalwart figure at Central City Police Department. Detective Patterson is unwavering in his commitment to protecting Central City from the dangerous metas that threaten it. So it was not just a one-off guest stint for Grunberg. He will be recurring throughout the rest of the season. And the only other bit of uh, scoop that I have is tangentially... Uh, related to The Flash, because it has to deal with Barry Allen, but it has to deal with Barry Allen on a different show called Legends of Tomorrow. So, for those that have been watching Legends of Tomorrow, there, there has been a secret that some of the characters are keeping. It is a message, a cryptic warning from a future version of The Flash from the year 2056, to be exact. Um... For those that have been following Legends of Tomorrow and those that will be seeing the four episode crossover, at some point in the crossover there will be sort of like cryptic details about this warning released. So if you don't watch Legends and you watch The Flash and they start mentioning something about a future message from Barry, just to know that it has to deal with The Legends of Tomorrow. And um, the actor who plays Professor Stein, Victor Garber, confirmed that uh, dribs and drabs of this mystery will be released starting at some point during the Invasion exclamation exclamoint exclamo- exclamo- good grief the Invasion exclamation point uh crossover event so that sounds exciting so maybe that has something to do with uh what's going on with the Dominators or maybe with something else uh who knows but those are all the spoilery tidbits that I have for you back to you Professor Stein I and mean, Professor next time X for a brand new
1: installment of the Central City Chronicle once again here's our announce- to remind you on how you can interact with us.
0: Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula radio programs by visiting poppychula archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for The Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebookcom The Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, The Central City Chronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash radio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at
1: Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night and a happy Thanksgiving.
2: Good night, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving.
1: Good night, Central City Gobble Gobble. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Central City Chronicle every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. New episodes stream via poppychula.radio.com every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Good night and happy Thanksgiving.
0: Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy.